Welcome, everybody, to the Jared Wright Podcast. I got my boy here, Christopher John Smith. Christopher, how you doing today, man? I'm fantastic. Happy to be here. Excellent, excellent, man. I'm kind of nervous, man. I'm kind of nervous. Um, my first Don't pod, be. my first pod <laughs> back in a long time, and we're talking about a topic that I'm really not familiar with. Um, so I hope that you know the listeners today get a lot of value out of your knowledge and things that you know. Um, and uh, and myself as well, and um, and hopefully they'll reach out to you as well in, in regards to buying or selling a home in the Atlanta area. Definitely. Um, Definitely. So, so Chris, man, who who? Let's let's start off with uh, with you, obviously. So, who who's Christopher John Smith? Where are you from? Man, uh, was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, raised here and Missouri went to school there um I, I don't know I, Time I, about, wait wait, wait. <laughs> Missouri yo, yo this is why I love the podcast like why do I never know that you was ever in Missouri yeah man for a uh, brief time for for high school and stuff like that um it was an interesting interesting time in my life man um I still have uh, a lot of fr- uh, strong friendships and stuff like that from people there but uh it, it I want to say it definitely shaped who I am today. Okay. Okay. Definitely who I shaped it. Yeah, who I am today. So you were born in Atlanta. Yep, I did not Grady I did not baby. know either. Okay, so Grady baby. Yes, sir. Shout out to the A timeout. These are actual <laughs> Atlanta like born and raised been here. Um Yes, yes. Says so, says it on the birth certificate. Wow. So I met you down in Warner Robins. So Correct. I guess I guess let's walk through that a little bit. So let's walk through your life. So you you were born, you moved to you were lived you lived in Atlanta, born in Atlanta, you moved to Missouri in high school. How did you get to Warner Robins? <laughs> um the school that I was at and I had uh we decided to part ways. And then uh I think in two thousand six is when I ended up in uh Warner Robins, Georgia. Um transferring high schools and stuff like that, which was a, a, a crazy, crazy, crazy transition because the credits and stuff like that didn't transfer from my school in Missouri to here. It was it was a mess. Um, but during that process, uh, I was kind of finding myself um, or feeling myself throughout life. You know, teenager, life is throwing me a curveball. You know, how do I kind of pick myself up from there? And um, I think sales is, is kind of what did it for me. First job, Circuit City, is when I was first introduced <laughs> to sales. City. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rest, rest in heaven, rest in heaven. Wow. Uh, I, I, w- I was at that job for exactly one year uh, before they announced that they were closing down for good. Um, and, and three months prior to that, I had just gotten my first apartment. I was 19 years old. And uh, so... Just got my first apartment. Um, I had a roommate at the time, and three months into having my first apartment, my only source of income was gone. Was gone. Um, wow. <laughs> it was another curveball, so to speak. Um, Sears was doing some recruiting and came over and recruited me and a good buddy of mine. Worked at Sears for a couple months, and then uh, I found out that the general manager of Best Buy we knew some of the same people. So uh, it was kind of pretty much a, it was pretty much a walk-in at that point. Gotcha. I was at Sears for maybe two and a half months before I walked into Best Buy. And uh, 
that's kind of where things started for me. Like anything sales related, anything that has to do with people, numbers, so and tech. So time out, man. So time out, man. This is this is your friends ain't loyal, man. So he <laughs> works at Circuit City, and then decides to go work for the company that puts Circuit City out of business, <laughs> bro. Like. Oh, that is terrible. <laughs> Best Buy ain't give him a chance the year no, before he was looking for a job. And then he just leaves Circuit City. Hey, <laughs> that store that store was inside that store was in Warner Robins for a solid six or eight months before Circuit City just had its demise. Like it I mean it took us out. Oh wow. I mean, so obviously I yeah, it was it was a really big impact. I mean, it was new. Were just, so the store was yeah. new to Warner Robins. Brand new. Wow. It was brand new to Warner Robins. Wow. It was brand new to Warner Robins. So it was it was kind of funny how it happened because when we found out that they were getting built, um we we weren't worried. You know, we were the number two electronics giant in the world. You know, no one could have really foreseen how, you know, Circuit City well, at that time, you know, we couldn't have seen how Circuit City would have really taken the uh taking a hit like that and not been able to recover. Right. Um, I do want to say that they ended up moving completely online. Um, one of the first major online stores outside of uh, Amazon at the time. And I don't know if you remember this website. It's called, uh, it was called buy.com, which is now Rakuten.com. Anyway, Circuit City ended up merging into like one of those types of stores. In fact, I think you might, can type in circuitcity.com and and it, 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 it take it. you there. Yeah, that's, I'm actually I haven't logged into this site in years. That's crazy. Um Yeah, let me see. So so uh so you ended up working at Best Buy. I guess why Warner Robins? Cuz for people who don't know, Warner Robins is like a military town. Correct. So, um my uh my dad was there, um my grandmother was there, uh, my great grandmother um wanted that spot um just wanted that spot for her it was like more stability uh for me my brother and my sister during our well me my teenage years and my brother my teenage years and my sister kind of getting up to her teenage years mm -hmm. so so there was a there was a little bit of history here um prior to my getting here got you got you. so yeah um and actually Warner robins being a military town was 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 good if that makes sense there there was a a, a healthy mix of people and different types of personalities and cultures and stuff like that to learn and adapt to. Um, I do want to say that move has helped me a lot, you know, with me being where I am and an understanding that, you know, different cultures, different perspectives and stuff like that all have a voice. Right. Um, especially, you know, just with everything kind of going on and stuff like that. It's, it's, I want to say Warner Robins definitely contributed to, to my understanding um, of that. Okay. And CircuitCity.com is live, by the way. Sorry. Hey, shout out to Circuit City. <laughs> They're not paying for advertising, so we're no longer mentioning oh, them. Oh, no. <laughs> not at all. Um, all right. So, cool. So, I think I met you like 2015. I think that, uh, I think that is the time when, frame. I think that's when they moved me up to like trainer and all that type of stuff where we were working at that time. Shout out to mm -hmm. another, another R rest in heaven, man. You, you just got some rest in heaven on your on your resumes, man. Um, Pretty much. Shout out to Sprint. Um, they're yeah. not paying. They're not paying me for advertising either. Um, but 
Yeah, so I met you in the Sprint store. Uh, occasionally, I would come down to Warner Robins. Warner Robins, if for you people who don't know as well, is like two hours away from Atlanta, hour and a half away from Atlanta. Something yeah, like hour and a half, two hours, depending on what's happening. Right. So um, I, I didn't make it down to Warner Robins often. But when I did, you know, sometimes we would go out after work and things like that. Um and you mentioned that you might be coming back to Atlanta at that time. Um, well, you, I don't know if you knew for sure. So Correct. what prompted you to come back to Atlanta? Um, a series of events. Um, I, I was in the, let me see. I had transitioned back to Best Buy from Sprint. <laughs> after leaving Best Buy for a sprint. Um, but during that time, um, there was a passing in the family and my relationship had also just ended. Um, and I really wanted like a new, I wanted a new start. Um, I, I wanted to finally strike out and kind of do something on my own because prior to that, it was just, I was just living through the years, filling through the years and, and to kind of, pick back up on how I got into real estate, I sold a lady a uh, laptop, a Mac, uh, while I was at Best Buy. Her name is Kimberly Hunter, uh, awesome, awesome lady. Um, she loved my customer service. You probably recognize her name. She's a big agent in middle Georgia. Um, she loved my personality and just my customer service and my knowledge and stuff like that. And she said that I should do real estate. And my response was, I was like, don't old people do real estate? I was I was much younger at the time. Yeah. I said, don't old people do real estate? And she, she chuckled and was like, no, no, no. There's a lot of people your age that are doing it. And she's like, I'm going to give you some on-the-job training. And I was like, okay. I didn't really understand what it was at the time, but I remember going to like our first, this is in Warner Robins, our first $250,000 house, which in Warner Robins is a beautiful house. Um, and it was a new construction and we were walking through it and she was painting this amazing picture of what the house was going to look like. And she had the renderings on her laptop and she got a client call from somebody in Las Vegas and she was FaceTiming on her Mac. And then I told her, Hey, you're going to have to come back and buy an iPad. And then she was like, see, you know, you got it. You know how to address people's needs and go from there. And, um, I said, you know what? I think I want to do this, especially when she told me the amount of money that could be made with someone who was uh diligent um with it and really understood their practice and took time to learn it um so from that time i think it took me a, probably about two or three years of procrastinating and stuff like that before i actually put rubber to the road and, and got my license so fast forward to you know 2015 um around that time my relationship and stuff like that was ending i transitioned back to best buy and i knew i had a plan i was like i'm gonna join keller williams in atlanta not sure which office i'm gonna get and i'm gonna get my license um so after being up here uh, for almost six or seven months, I finally passed the state exam and I got my real estate license. And I was with Keller Williams Atlanta Midtown, which I'm, I'm back with now. All right. So uh, hold on. Let's, there, let's, let's slow you down for one yeah, second. Yeah. Sure. All right. So Sorry. cool. So you go ahead, you get, you get your, you pass the test. First yeah. off, like, so what is preparation for the test for anybody who's out there right now who would like to be a real estate agent? I know state to state, it's different, right? So yeah, yeah, because laws laws are different state to state. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so yeah. what 
Is there a program that you recommend? Is there one that you did that you say, hey, this was great. Hey, this was one that I did and it was terrible. Um, yeah. So I only did one. Um, I, I'm an in-person type of guy. Uh, so I did this class uh, at Coldwell Banker SSK on Bass Road in Macon. Um, I would I would say I would say uh, pick which learning style is best for you. Um, if you can do online, do online. Typically, it'd be a little bit cheaper. Um, I know a buddy of mine who did it online and he finished and was licensed in a month. You wow. know, because he did it. Yeah, I mean, he was rapid with it. Um, and then the class itself is a bit more structured. Um, you you, you kind of learn things in segments. It's uh, typically three months and it's about 75 hours. Um, that particular class cost me $500. Once you take that class and you pass the final exam of that class, your teacher then says, hey, here's all the information you need to take the uh, state exam. Um, I do recommend going to a cram course once you finish the, um, the final exam. Um, I did a cram course through Bob Hart, um, out in Tucker, Georgia, it's 50 bucks. And it's basically two days where you kind of pack everything that you learned over the past three months into two days. And right after that, you go take the test. Um, and it's pass or fail. Um, you, you, you get a little printout whether you pass or failed and, and they kind of, give you the areas and stuff like that you missed and, and you go from there. But uh, I'd probably say find the best way for you to learn, do the cram course, save up $115, take the state. Um, and during this time, interview with brokers. During this time that you're doing this interview with brokers, I can't stress that enough because there's so many different companies out there. But if you're just starting out, do the class while you're in class, interview with brokers, pass the state, the final exam, do a cram course, and then go take your state. Cool. So um, now I'm curious that you said something else. So now I'm like, all right. So you said that when you, you had your plan, he's like, I had a plan. I had a plan. I'm going to move yeah. up to Atlanta. I'm going to work for Keller Williams. I don't know which office, yeah. but why Keller Williams? I chose Keller Williams because uh, Kimberly or excuse me, Mrs. Hunter uh, was a part of Keller Williams. Uh, I liked the structure. They, uh, <laughs> they, they told me a, a joke, I guess, that, I mean, it's really old and cheesy, but I use it like all the time when I'm trying to tell someone about Keller Williams. It says, Keller Williams is a training company that just happens to do real estate. Got you. So when it comes to resources and camaraderie and just overall, I mean, we're talking being everywhere. Keller Williams has that. Um I had interviewed with several other companies and stuff like that prior to Keller Williams, and they just didn't have the the breadth that 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 Keller Williams had. Um, so that's how I knew, like when I was coming to Atlanta, that hey, I I don't know what office is going to be, but I, I'm doing Keller Williams. Got you. Okay, so you move up to Atlanta, you working, so on and so forth. Um, how has the real estate market been for you since you've gotten started? Is it something that people got it? Like you said, you use the word diligent. So you gotta be diligent. You gotta be disciplined. Is a patience game? Is it a, is it a, is it a long game where, you know, if you, you different approaches and things like that? Um, that's a, that's a good question. That's a good question. So it's a, it's a short game and it's a long game. Okay. Um, because a long game can be someone whose lease is up next year. You know, like next October, you know, 
So that's a long game. And and sometimes they can be in a two year lease. It's a short game to where you can just happen to find that buyer. It's like, look, my lease is up in three months and, you know, I really need a place to stay. Um, diligence is going to come into play when you are looking for leads and nothing seems to pan out because you're like, man, I see all these houses and stuff like that for sale, but I can't seem to find the right person for it. That's where your resourcefulness is going to come in. And, and that's really what determines or separates one agent from another. What separates an agent that's bringing in, you know, a quarter of a million dollars a year to an agent that's bringing in $50,000 a year. It's really going to be where you can find those leads. Um, so I've been, I've been pretty solid with, with what I've got has gotten me by and, and, you know, afforded me some niceties and stuff like that in life, but I'm really looking for that next gear and how you find that next gear is amplifying everything that the basics of real estate is. Well, get leads, uh, market yourself, get listings and get buyers somewhere, somehow somebody's looking to do that. So you have to. Make sure that you're looking in the right areas, using the resources and stuff like that that your company has, and, and kind of pulling all of that together. Um, having helping someone sell or buy a house is much more than helping someone sell or buy a house. Like it's 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 much more than just saying those things. A, a lot of work kind of goes on to it behind the scenes. Got you. So um, you're gonna transition now to a little bit. So I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want people to you just giving too much sauce away. That you, how you doing your stuff, man? I don't. Yeah. Listen, man. Y'all ain't man, about I to. Got, I got tons of stuff. Yeah, y'all ain't about to. Y'all ain't about to just get a free crash course on here out of real estate. You know, right. Be a real estate agent. But um, <laughs> so let's talk about people now, and you know, the, the title of the, the podcast episode today is the importance of home home ownership and a roadmap to get started. So I think that for a lot of people, we look at home ownership and it's like, it's kind of similar to like what your, what your uh, response was in regards to real estate agents. Like only old people own houses. When you're young, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're renting, you may have a roommate situation. You don't really own anything. Um, yeah. And I think that people don't really know how, when, or where in life they should transition into ownership, right? So, yeah. um, and sometimes for some people, just the the lack of knowledge is a big enough barrier for them to never attempt to go that route. Um, yeah. So we, you know, you and I were talking, we were uh, brainstorming, and so we thought that the the first thing was for people to understand finances. And um, there was a couple things in terms that you started throwing around, like it was like common knowledge and common sense. And um, I ain't know what he was talking about. So, um, so when you say understand your finances, what uh, how does how does one start that process? So the biggest thing um, to understanding your finances is hopefully everyone is filing taxes. Filing your taxes. That is the. <laughs> hold on, wait. Now, listen, now listen, now hold on, hold on, hold on. Because one of the bigger real estate tycoons in the world ain't file his taxes. <laughs> so I don't, I, I'm going to speak on that. I'm I don't know what you're that. talking I, about. I, I have a little. So I have. I've got a modicum of knowledge about 
how I think he does it. Okay. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna get on that, and it's funny because right. I, I I I tend to use this example just sometimes with it. But <laughs> for for the average folk, for us, um, filing your taxes, um, your W two is a good way for you to understand uh, what your gross income is, what your net income is, um, what's coming out, how it's coming out. It's it's really one of those things that people probably don't pay too much attention to until it's time to file taxes. And then they forget about it. And then your real estate agent comes to you and says, hey, you know, we need your W-2s. And, and you know, they might not even know what's on there or have you filed tax for the past two years. Um, so just knowing how much money you bring in. Um, the reason why you want to know that is a lot of times uh, lenders are going to look at how much money they can loan you. And just like anything else, they want to know, hey, are you going to be able to repay this debt? You know, are you going to be able to repay this money? You you, you bring them a, a house and they say, hey, you know, cool, we're going to give you the money and stuff like that to buy this house. And then they take the title to that house. You pay it off. They send you the title back. But they really want to be able to know that you can do this. So a lot of companies have um, a, a debt to income uh, calculator or a ratio. What that is used to determine is 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 how much money can you you know take? A lot of people don't really know how much debt they have. Okay, they're aware of the big things that come out, you know, car payment, car insurance, and stuff like that. But it's really everything the the, the sum of all of that that affects your ability to become a homeowner. So I think if you're understanding of that and you're conscious of that. You'll be wary of how you treat your credit cards. Um, you'll be wary of, you know, the the type of car that you buy or the type of loan that you take on the type of car that you buy. Um, or how many cars you have, you know, the, the things that you start to acquire really before you get to that next step, which is home ownership. Um, but I think, OK, outside, so let me let me let me let me slow you down. Yeah. So good, because I really want to um, I really almost want to make it like elementary for people. So like okay. you're like. It makes you weary about what type of loan you take out for your car. Mm -hmm. Some people, like, they don't even know that there's different options in that regard. Like, I just oh, go yeah. to the dealership. I fill out a credit form. They submit oh, it to wherever. They start, yeah. really, you know, then they submit it. Let's say, you know, they're, if I go get a car from Volkswagen, they're going to submit it to Volkswagen Financial for Volkswagen Credit. Volkswagen credit is like you're lucky. Right. They're like, nah, you ain't gonna be nah, we ain't nah, we ain't financing you, bruh. Stop it. Right? So then the seller, the car salesman, is like, Well, I gotta get this man I gotta get this man approved. So yeah. he what he does is he starts sending it out to every bank. And if you have any type of like credit monitoring you know, service, it's like hard inquiry, hard inquiry, hard inquiry, hard inquiry. So even in those regards, though, let's say, for instance, people could get multiple approvals because now you're sending out uh, multiple inquiries. How does one or how should one navigate in that space where I've gotten even multiple inquiries and I really don't yeah. understand the difference between the two? So, you know, even from a perspective of, hey, one car payment was 300, the other one was 350. I'm going to go ahead and get the $300 car payment, but that one's for 72 months versus the other one for 60 months. Um, Correct. So let's talk further into what you mean, because I, I feel like you're, you're really hitting a lot of good information. 
Um, yeah. I just don't know. We just I just want to dive a little bit deeper into it. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, you, you painted a really good picture about the the types of ways, you know, everyone's buying a car some way, shape or form, and the dealerships are doing that. So what you want to do is, I urge a lot of people to do is be diligent about, nope, 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 I'm going to take that back. Be, I don't want to say cautious or weary. What's the word I'm looking for? Be careful with the type of loan that the dealer brings back to you. Um, it is true that they are they're definitely they're looking to get the deal, but sometimes I'll find people in, or my lender will find people in, you know, interest only loans, which is just how it sounds, man. You're only paying, what? yeah, you're only paying on the interest. I mean, you're not paying on the principal. So what happens is, is you keep paying that same amount because the lender wants all of their money first because you're a high risk, you've got subprime credit and you're paying all of that interest up front, but you're never touching the principal. So, so your balance is still there. You're, you're, you're wondering why you've been paying on it for two years, but you still have, you know, $30,000 owed on the car. Well, that's because you've only been paying the interest. The dealer or the lender is satisfied with you just paying that, but your principal is constantly generating that interest. Well, the only way to get rid of that is your $300 payment is now $600. So $300 for interest, $600, and I'm, you know, over-exaggerating, $300 for interest, $300 going to the principal to really start to take it to where that interest starts to come down. Um, other types are, um, you know, just loans with really high interest rates, you know, something that you really won't be able to get out from under or and you'll be upside down on that particular car. So not only is this debt, you know, hurting you, it's also going against your ability to have a good debt to income ratio for a lender, for a home to be able to approve you. Um, in my opinion, in my opinion, um, in my opinion, this is you know nothing to do with Keller Williams, this is something that I've observed. Um, if you really, really want a nice car, lease it. L-E-A-S-E, -E, lease it. The reason why you want to do that is one, your payments will probably be around the same amount, but you're not on the hook for that depreciation and you have a better way of being able to satisfy those terms uh, for it. And it's not really a hard knock against your uh, debt to income ratio. So, for example, you can go out and look at a $50,000 car. You can get 12,000 miles a year on that car, but only have a loan for $27,000. That makes sense. Yeah, that's what your lease amount is because you're buying that section of that car. Yes, you're driving that fifty, sixty thousand dollar car, but when it comes to how much debt you have on that car, it's half. Got it. So that does amazing things for what you're able to do if you're looking to go out and buy a house. If you have to have that latest car, if you have to have, you know, that particular vehicle, please look at leasing it. You know, um, that that way you can still have that car and satisfy that want, but you're not racking on that debt, that huge $60,000 debt and it affecting your overall debt to income ratio. Got you. Um, so that, that's what it means when it's like for like different loans. Got you. So, um, so I mean, so it, that, so that you, I guess to some extent you've seen examples where people have had high debt to income ratios with good credit. They, yeah. And I've had a hard time yeah. buying a house. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it, because it's 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 a mix of everything. When you go to buy your first house, your credit and financial situation is in the best situation that it can be. I'm not saying you have to be rich or be making eighty, ninety thousand dollars. No, you, you you can do this with fifty, thirty five, forty thousand dollars, but your financial situation is in the best shape possible. Your debt to income is low, so that means your FICO is going to be high. Your credit score is going to be high. All of those factors are what really kind of come together to make a deal happen the way someone wants it to happen. Now, obviously, there's other ways, you know, it, it, you don't always score 100% in all of those areas, but those are definitely areas that you want to work on um, if you're looking to buy your first home. Okay. Because those are the areas, you know, that the lenders and stuff like that are going to take a look at. Got you. So FICO, though. So FICO, and you so is FICO different from credit score or those are those um, interchangeable? You're teaching I, me now. Yeah. Um, they, they kind of go hand in hand. And I think the industry does um, kind of treat them in a different way. I can tell you this, you can change your FICO score in a matter of weeks. Um, whereas your credit score might take a month or so, maybe longer to kind of adjust. Uh, FICO has to do with, you know, your day to day stuff. Um, is your credit utilization high, which that's also going to affect your um, that's also going to affect your credit score and your FICO. Are you paying that cable bill on time? You so know, so credit, paying, what's, what's credit utilization? Credit utilization is how much credit you're actually using. So if you have a five thousand dollar limit and you're at five thousand dollars, you are 100 percent utilization. Um, that affects your credit and FICO score. Um, we're not saying, you know, if you don't have a $5,000 limit, you know, use that $5,000. We're saying don't keep that balance carrying on. One, it's going to be harder for you to get out of it. Two, your score is going to take a huge ding, you know, and, and, and sometimes people looking at it will get a little discouraged and they'll just say, hey, you know, I'm going to, you know, slowly chip away at this and just pay the minimum and, and, and go from there. Um, Pay attention to those things. You know, FICO, FICO scores are important. There are programs out there that take subprime um, all the way up to super prime FICO scores. Same thing with credit. But you still want to be aware of it, period. It make, just making yourself aware of it is going to put you in a better shape uh, when you go to look for your first house. Starter house, investment house, doesn't matter. Got it. Got it. Um, and obviously, you know, even if you do get approved with a lower credit score or higher debt to income ratio you tend to have higher interest rates on the loan uh yes from what, I, from um, what i've been told yes um i can tell you now that the, the the real estate industry itself does kind of play it safe when it comes to that um excuse me they'll typically advise you to say hey you know this is not really a deal that you're going to want to get um because I think people remember the housing crisis from 2008. You know, everybody remembers it in 2008, but little do they know that it started in mid 90s, 2000s. Got it. You know? Got yeah. It. So, I mean, I could do a whole episode on just that. Got it. But, you know, you, you want real lending companies now have just, you know, hey, you know, this is not really a good deal. I've had that happen to me personally just with clients. Hey, you know, we looked at it. Um, this, this really isn't just going to be the best situation for the client, you know, have them, you know, give them some tips or put them into, or have them talk to us, you know, 
talk to the lender themselves. And in three to six months, you know, we can turn this around and then put them into, you know, a situation they don't want to be in. Got you. Okay. So, so you have people who are like, Hey, if you do this, 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 and this, we can really transform this yeah. particular offer yeah. and it'd be something different. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the, the lending companies, um, it's good to have quite a few. Um, it is also good for you buyers. If you are, you know, not using an agent to shop your lending companies, shop, 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 shop. Um, but yeah, they can give you advice on what needs to be fixed. Now they can't, they can't say, Hey, this is how you fix it. Or I, I don't know if they do because most of that information is privileged, but I can tell you that they are the, the, the professional gatekeeper, so to speak, to tell you, Hey, this is how you get on the other side of the gate, you know, um, to, to, to do this. Cause they're, they're looking at your credit score and they're looking at everything that's on there that, you know, you might not even be aware of, you know, and they'll tell you, they'll tell you, you know, what needs attention and stuff like that. Got you. Got you. Okay. Uh, is there anything else? So we, we talked about, you know, FICO credit scores. We talked about uh, debt to income ratio. Is there anything else top of mind when it comes to understanding finances um, for people that they should start looking at? Um, there are, um, there are. And, and I think what will happen with that is if you, are a buyer and you've got your terms and let's say you might not have a real estate agent what it takes to understand what the type of loan is that you just got um so there is more but in the beginning stages of knowing your finances no the debt to income fico credit score uh those are just some of the 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 baby steps um to kind of getting up to that you know approval and stuff like that got you got you so i guess let's now get into the we've cross the gate <laughs> yes we've crossed the gate we got Get some stuff cross. man i i got my i got my my 40 acres in a mule i got my i got my shack my my <laughs> my, my two bedroom half bath shack in the right. middle of atlanta um, right midtown atlanta yeah like man you know, yeah you know my two-bedroom <laughs> half bath nine hundred thousand dollar condo um so hey so, man we see it so why 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 is that important like why why is that a big deal for somebody to as opposed to renting or whatever why is that such a big deal and why do you think that we don't put enough importance on that achievement? Whew, man, tough questions. So one, it's super important because it's the genesis of money. People love money. And a lot of times we don't put enough importance on things that we don't understand or things that we fear. Um, I can tell you personally, I'll use myself as an example. Um, it was not brought up a lot, you know, in my teenage years and stuff like that, all of my friends, we were just excited to get an apartment and party and that was it. You know, there right. weren't those options or those things about home ownership weren't on the radar because again, like you said, old people have homes, you know what I'm saying? We just rent. Um, but now, what you're finding is that one younger and younger people are buying houses and it's important because of the ability to generate some sort of wealth or some, you know, some sort of money, some sort of improvement, something that stimulates 
and continues to stim stimulate, you know, the economy. That's why it's important. So there was a statistic uh, today that said a homeowner's net worth is 40 times greater than a renter's net worth. Wow. 40 times. 40 times, man. So the the biggest contributing factor is that every time that homeowner pays their mortgage, what are they doing? They're increasing the equity in that house. Because every time you go to it, your money goes, some goes to interest, some goes to principal, and the value of that home, depending on where it is, rises and rises. So let's say, I'm sorry. Let's say you want to build a deck. Well, how do you do that? You know what I'm saying? You don't want to put that on your credit card. You can borrow against the equity in your house. That's your money. That's what you have made by paying your actual mortgage. A renter doesn't have that option. You know, they're paying the mortgage of the landlord, the owner of that home. You know, so it's extremely important when it comes to being able to find that solid ground, like this is my place, and then building from there. It it it, it changes the mind frame of you you know what i'm saying like when you when you got your first car your mind frame changed you know i need money for gas i need money for insurance i need money for this the same thing happens with a house is just on a larger scale because typically houses appreciate you know they right. typically depending on where you are houses appreciate right so that that's really that's really the crux of the importance outside of that you know from a a a, a another standpoint you're creating something. You're you're owning a piece of something. One thing that a lot some people may not understand: when you buy a house, you own the land from the surface to the center of the earth. Wow. Okay. You own the land from your roof to infinity, from the roof like up. Wow. That's a whole other thing too. That that air rights, air rights. You know what air rights are? I have no idea what air rights are, man. What, what do yep. you mean, man? Yep. I got an I'm apartment. Sorry. I have no idea what an air right is, man. <laughs> so think about all the. I, hold on, wait, right wait, now. wait. Somehow, man, I feel like you. I feel like you coming at me right now, bro. I feel <laughs> no, like, no, no. I feel like I feel like I might have to. I might have to meet you in Atlanta, man, somewhere, man. <laughs> I want to. I want to. want to stress the importance of like, like homeownership and like what it does. So right. you own from the from the surface of the ground that your house is on to the center of the earth. Right. I'm talking all the way down there, crust, mantle, the core. And then you own from the surface of your land up to space, to infinity. That's yours. Wow. You know? So air rights have value. You know? When let's air rights have value. This is when you get into major cities, why skyscrapers are able to be skyscrapers. Or why sometimes you go to a small town and you wonder why there's no tall buildings. Or why there's no building taller than that. It all has to do with how real estate plays into it and air rights. But that homeownership encompasses everything from like day-to-day -day life, from uh, um, economy stimulation to, to anything that happens in that area. You have no idea how integral homeownership is to the progression of your local economy, a society, of people when it comes like culture and stuff like that it, it really start it is the engine that starts all of that everything you know you want better transportation we'll bring more people in to pay more property taxes to get better transportation okay you want your house to sell more 
make the neighborhood more attractive, bring more people in, make it more attractive to businesses, to companies, to everything. Home ownership starts that generation, that, that when I say generation, like generating of that is the stimulus for it all. Got it. Which is why when it goes bad, we have 2008 and 2009. When it goes good, we have what we have here in Atlanta. How many movies have been shot here? How many people are moving here because movies have been shot here? You know, it, it's it's all a cog. Homeownership is a very important cog in the giant wheel of us people, you know, everyone. Right. You know, right, sorry, right. I didn't mean to get like. Nah, man, that's what I want. That's that, what I want, man. I want that, that. That's that's the importance of homeownership. Good school. Well, I can't say good schools, but schools. Um Things that you find important, things that you want to do, pathways, walkways, the Beltline, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, um, all of that. All of that has to start with home ownership. All of that has to start some way, somehow. And by inserting yourself or, or, or wanting to become a homeowner, you are literally contributing to the progression of everything that's happening in your area. Hold on. So are you saying, and I'm, I'm being, I'm not being facetious, but it sounds like I'm being kind of a-hole so you're saying that this money that i'm spending right now a month ain't contributing to where i live at all directly so you're talking about like for renting yeah so you're you're doing a couple of things likely one you're you're lining the pockets of the developer whoever owns that but that person is likely being you're paying them and they're paying someone else. They're paying off that loan or something like that for that place that you got. Okay. Right. Now you're helping them do it, but it's really just one giant entity to, that kind of does that. Renting doesn't give you that benefit for it. Homeownership gives you that self benefit for that. So if you said, you know what? Um, I want to add on to my apartment. You can't. Right. I want to do this for my apartment to, to increase the value. Well, you can't because you can't take out a loan on that, you know? So renters do drive a different type of economy in a different way. The, the, the difference is just where that effect is felt. Got it. Got just it. where it's felt. Like as a renter, you can't reap the benefit that the developer and the owner of that land is generating or helping because likely as with anyone who builds an incredibly large building, there's probably some tax abatements, man. They're, they're probably not having to pay taxes for, you know, 20, 30 years, you know? And 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 that doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't, so it doesn't hurt. It helps. This is when you get into commercial real estate. Um, it helps because you, you have attracted a, a popular builder to the area and some company is going to see, oh, man, this builder's in the area. We're thinking about putting our facilities and stuff like that here. That's why the Amazon thing was such a huge deal. They put their facilities here. People start to work in that area, and the people need a place to live. They're going to go to that builder. You know, so the, the, it has the same effect, in my opinion. Um, it just – I don't think it moves as quickly as sometimes homeownership can. Got it. Or, or you know what? Real estate ownership can. Because that, that's that's kind of where we're bridging the, the gap of, of, of both ways. Because I'd be, just as I can help a home buyer, I could help an investor. 
and I can help someone who wants to open a tea shop, you know what I mean? The same way, you know, um, kind of help them, you know, monetize the area and stuff like that with taxes and jobs and stuff like that. But, but general home ownership, uh, in my opinion, you, you, you can feel and see the effects a lot quicker Got than it. you would, um, for like, a, a you know, a major building or stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Um, so if I'm interested in buying a home, I want to buy a home and let's say, uh, I guess you, you, you work for Keller Williams, Atlanta, Midtown. Mm-hmm. With that being said, do you only, can you only sell things in Atlanta, Midtown or can you only help people buy things in Atlanta, Midtown? That's a great question. Um, no, um, I'm, I'm licensed for the entire state. Uh, so anywhere there is a home uh, that needs to be bought or sold, I can help in that area. Now, with that said, there are sometimes sub organizations um, like Middle Georgia has their own multiple listing service. Well, I can pay to be a part of their listing service if I'm getting enough business down there. And then, yes, I can, you know, take you on a tour and stuff like that around the house. But no, in Georgia, um, you can practice uh, real estate throughout the entire state. Okay. Now cool. you would want to refer, like you know, you don't want to be going all the way to Delonica every time just to show houses. So that way, you, you'll probably find an agent or something like that that you can refer the business to um, on the on the business side. But you know, if I were working with someone and we develop that type of relationship, then yeah, let's drive to Delonica. You know, let's, let's get you a house. Got it. Okay. <laughs> cool. So. Ah, this this segues right into it. So this <laughs> this is your commercial right here. <laughs> Why, if I'm looking to buy a house or sell a house, because we're only talking from the perspective of people buying houses today, um, because we're trying to cross the bridge in that regard. But if I'm looking to Correct. buy or sell a house right now, why would I choose, or why should I choose you? Okay. Why you should choose me or a real estate agent? Um, we get this question a lot, um, especially when um, people go to, you know, will sell their own homes. The difference is time. Okay. Um, I, I don't doubt that someone can list their own home and get it sold. The difference is time. A real estate agent is designed to save you time and get you the most amount of money. Buy law we have a fiduciary relationship for our clients okay cool i'm the agent i have all the knowledge but my knowledge is is going to be used to make sure you get the best absolute deal period no one else matters to me okay when you go to buy a house you want someone to be able to interpret the real estate language and jargon you want to have someone that can say hey this is a good deal. This is a bad deal. This is what we should offer when it comes to that area. You know, they're negotiating on your behalf. On the other side of that, you as the buyer have to make the decision of the area that you want to go. A real estate agent, I don't want to say cannot, a real estate agent should not tell you what you like okay the buyer has to make that decision and the real estate interprets all of that information to make sure that that is the best decision that the buyer makes got it the real estate agent is also responsible for you 
giving you the proper information to make you get to help you get a satisfactory type of loan and to let you know, you know, just what's happening, you know, how not necessarily how aggressive you should be, but they 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 kind of prep you for what's happening in the market. Now, a listing agent for someone who wants to sell their home. It's the same thing. Fiduciary. We want you to get the most amount of money. We want you to accept the best type of terms for your house. You know, if someone comes with an all cash offer, hey, that's the best thing. You know, that's the best deal for you. It's all cash. We don't have to worry about contingency or anything like that. Our way for financing. It's all cash, you know, um, but it's also to help you price the house correctly. A lot of people fall in love with their houses. You know, they'll be in them one, two, three, five, 15, 20 years, and they fall in love with them. And it's okay that that house has provided a great service for you for that amount of time. With that, them falling in love, there's a monetary value attached to that. A prudent real estate agent will help you separate that love so you can make sure that the home is priced properly. Right now, um, just an overview. I mean, the, the houses are staying on the market less than two weeks when they're properly priced. You know, if you go to a for sale by owner, or you go to a house that's been on Zillow for 34 days. Something's wrong. Right. House is overpriced. It's not being marketed properly. We handle all of the marketing. We handle the calling. We handle everything that helps present your house, the staging. We, If your house is empty, we handle everything that helps make your house be the most presentable it is. Got and it. we negotiate the same way. You know what I mean? I've had... <laughs> I've had ho- I've had houses sell just because they left the grill. You know what I'm saying? Hey, leave the grill. We'll take the. House. You know what I'm saying? Just like small things, like you really run into stuff like that. You know, or or um. That's important one- too, man. Hold on, you said something too, man. Hold yeah. on, man, because that's important. When we bought our first house, um, we were like liking some of the stuff that they like was staged in the house, and. You can negotiate on that stuff, like in the buy. So like you they, couldn't or could? No, we could. Yeah. So like, I was like, yo, we like that little thing on the wall over there, and they was like, oh yeah, you want that? We throw that <laughs> in, no problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, too, uh, we negotiated that the uh, paint in one of the rooms, like like one of the rooms, we painted a certain color, and um, and that was done prior to to us closing um so those are those are things now i'm gonna tell you i really wasn't involved in the process of buying my first home i was i was i was a uh i was just lucky to be next to somebody who got approved i actually was because i had just got a new job um yeah and for people who who, it was a totally different time though at this time and especially in atlanta because atlanta this was before the boom of atlanta but um (laughs) um we were like we put twelve dollars. We made twelve dollars an hour on the mortgage application and got approved. Yeah. So. Oh, when was this? This was back in two thousand twelve. So it was totally different. And it okay. was and yeah. it was in Conyers. So the house the house we bought was like a, it was it was a three bedroom, two and a half bath, and it was sixty thousand. Now in oh Conyers, um, I told I, I told I told Courtney that if she ever sells that house, I will kill her. Um, I'm, yeah. I, I, if you ever sell that house, <laughs> we go we go put it. We go, we go, we go broadcast that out. Um, tell her when she's ready. I can probably help her. No, listen. 
if you help her, hey. if you help her, so that. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, man. Yeah, man. So, um, so, so I want people. I, I guess I say that to say that you don't know what you you would. I would. I wouldn't have thought at that time that we would have been approved for a home. Like, period. Like, heck no. Like, we don't make enough money. I was making ten. I was making ten fifty an hour. She was making twelve dollars an hour. And we put it out there, and I think we got approved for way more than that. But that was the home that we settled on. Um, and so I, I'm trying to give people a, just a glimpse of when you think that you don't qualify, like you actually do. And then based Correct. on what you just said here, which is there's things that you negotiate in a home uh, when you're buying a home that you just can't negotiate when you, you're trying to get an apartment. Like you 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 don't go to the stage in an apartment and be like, I like that couch. And they like, oh, this is the demo. You can't. Yeah, take this, this is the demo. One. You're not. Yeah, you're not getting it. You're right. not getting it. So, that, that uh, is absolutely correct. So, uh, so, so, I just, I just thought that that was something that was really insightful that you just mentioned. Yeah. So it's it happens way more than you think when it comes to like the negotiating stuff like that. I mean, I've seen couches, love seats, um, you know, sometimes even TVs. You know what I'm saying? Things that just, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's just it just it just really depends. But the agent is to help is there to help you determine what's good and help you negotiate that. And I'm really glad you brought up the thing about the walls, especially if there's something wrong, you know? A lot of times if a buyer is going up against an agent and a seller and they don't have a real estate agent, it can be intimidating. They may wanna ask something, but they don't know how to ask it, you know? And and obviously, you know, the, the seller the seller's agent is gonna disclose what legally should be disclosed. Um, and, and, you know, obviously not disclose anything that shouldn't be, but their job at the end of the day is to make sure they're seller gets the most amount of money for his home right. you know so it's always good to have an agent with you um and, and and really go into contract with that agent so they can act on your best behalf like at, at, at any amount in time and, ju- and just to make sure that you're getting the best possible deal got you got you um listen man i'm gonna ask you just uh i'm gonna ask you just a couple quick little fire fire uh questions real quick just shoot right shoot yeah. back um yeah. So let's start off real light, man. I'm gonna start off real light, super light. Simpsons or Family Guy? Ha, huh, Simpsons. All right, iPhone or Samsung? iPhone. Oh man. Yeah. Oh. I'm gonna redo that one. I'm gonna redo that one. <laughs> I'm gonna say Samsung. What? Because I'm gonna say Samsung because my Note Nine, my Note Nine is like a trooper. I I. I'm going to say Samsung on that. Wow. I could put this thing on the charger for 30 minutes and have like 75% battery. Got you. Foreign cars or domestic cars? Foreign, baby. Foreign. Is there a, is there a specific country that you like? Yes. What is it now? <laughs> I know. I know. That it, it always changes for everybody. So what is it now? It does. It does. Uh, so now, man, um, it's, it's, it's going to be Germany. German? Yeah. Wow. It is. Wow. It is, man. Okay. Okay. I'm not I'm not mad at that either. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. Either. Um Atlanta or Warner Robins? Warner Robins. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm shocked by that answer. I'm shocked by that yeah. answer. Big time. Big yeah. time. I like Warner um, Robins, man. It's a good town. That's that's crazy. Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. Dang! Oh, you said it. You said it like Xbox yeah. was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Good PlayStation. Goodness gracious! 
He has both, uh, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But dag on. Okay. Um, and then lastly, uh, where can we find you, man? How how if I, if somebody does want to buy a home right now, what's the best way to reach you, uh, or all the ways? So you go ahead and list all the ways to reach you, um, so that they, so people can get in contact with you. That maybe the best way that they're comfortable. Correct. Hey, I am on all the socials. Um, I am going to respond to social media posts uh, much quicker than I would possibly a text or a phone call um, and like to call you back. But you can reach me on Facebook. Um, it's facebook.com forward slash everything Atlanta real estate. Um, you can find me on Instagram at iRealEstateATL. Um, I don't have a Twitter page just yet. I may go into that. But Facebook and Instagram are the two top ways to reach me. Um, all of my content and stuff like that is on there. Um, you could also email me if you choose to cjws at kw.com. All of the socials, I will respond. Excellent, man. Excellent. I listen, I thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for inviting me, man. I'm looking Um, forward to more. This is great. Um, for people who listen to the podcast, please, please, please tell me what you guys, you know, we're most interested in an episode today, uh, what you would like to hear more about in regards to real estate so we can get Christopher John back to further discuss some of those topics. And uh, and if y'all don't, that's fine, oh, too, because we're going to have him come back. And we, we, we got he got so much stuff that he wants to dig into. So um, much, man. So I got I got so much stuff that I'm going to pick his brain about um, as we're as we're playing Call of Duty and and. In, in, throughout in between yes yes in between <laughs> yes, um, so yeah, definitely man. definitely my boy um but yeah man it was an honor it was an honor having you on today um thank you so so much um and is there anything else you would like to say to everybody before we close out no um just be uh, vigilant about your finances um understand it that that's really just kind of where where everything starts like know how much you make that's really it um Listen, man, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening to the Jared Wright podcast today. You listen up, you position up, and that's the point of the podcast. So let's get it. Y'all have a wonderful day. Peace out. Thanks, man. Have a good day.